as incense burns is back episode seven and i am your humble host sean p writes and on this installment we're gonna delve into some genealogy stuff yeah we're gonna shake the tree a little bit because people have asked me about that routinely and it is uh, one of the things that I am known for it is said that it's a useless fact actually in my family my family refers to me as the ancestor whisperer because it is said that dead or alive if they're related to it Sean will find them we laugh about it but I wish it were that easy But before we go down that path, the image on the beginning of this podcast is me facing out in the distance and behind me there is a monument. That monument is the African-American Civil War Veterans Memorial. It's in Northwest Washington, D.C., And the significance of that monument, other than it recognizing the contributions of over 209,000 members of the United States Colored Troops, a handful of those troops are actually my direct ancestors. My third great-grandfather, Church Tipton, and my fourth great-grandfather, Peter Branch were veterans of this uh, conflict, the Civil War. And in the same regiment that my grandpa Tipton fought were three members of my paternal side of my family. The particulars of that, the, the linkages, I'm still working that out. But the significance behind that is that two separate branches of my family had power and numbers serving in the same regiment fighting for the recognition of their humanity 160 years before their son would wander onto this monument and find their names inscribed there that's the power of genealogy when I found my people I found myself but I have to forewarn you that genealogy is often a lonely path and it can be spiritually emotionally and physically draining But we owe it that much to our folk. Those whose shoulders that we stand on. So that said, I want to unpack part of the series that I often reference in past episodes. 
finding the glorious ones. Now, in the art or the action of genealogy, words are critical. Stories are essential. And that was a critical component in how I was able to flesh out part of my maternal side and I delve into this in Finding the Glorious Ones The Whisperers Part 1 ago when I came across this picture of my ancestors my third great grandparents to be exact I was awestruck as the gravity of this regal couple staring back at me with unmitigated purpose it was like they were telling me what took you so long It was a feeling that spoke volumes despite their voices being still long ago. Or so I thought. When I circled back with my primary sources for family history at that time, my elders in the form of my great uncle Calvin and my big mama, they both confirmed again that their father my great-grandfather was named Church. Based on the census information and the oral histories that I had assembled over the years, I was able to ascertain that my great-grandfather was named after his maternal great-grandfather, Church Tipton. Shortly thereafter, I came across a newspaper clipping from 1884 concerning my grandpa Tipton, the Civil War veteran, inventor, businessman, father, husband. Now in this newspaper clipping, for some reason, they saw fit to herald my grandpa Tipton coming into town. And interestingly enough, there was no mention that he was held in bondage in the past. It was simply stated that he was one of the solid citizens of his small northeastern Alabama town where the bulk of my history is centered. But in this newspaper clipping from the Huntsville, Alabama Gazette, page 3, September 6, 1884, Mr. Church Tipton was in the city last week Mr. Tipton is one of the solid citizens of Fackler. In reading this, I began to understand he was a man, a black man, a cruel contradiction, one who took up arms on the side of the Union against the supposition that his humanity was this fictional concept, the foundation of which 
was expanded on by Alexander Stevens, the vice president of the ill-fated Confederal States of America in the infamous Cornerstone speech. You can find a link to that speech on my site. I'll include a link in the following Instagram circulation of this. So stay tuned. I apologize for the sidebar. But my grandma and grandpa Tipton, I, I never met them, but my spirit has informed me that my grandpa wielded a presence that demanded that all that he was had to be recognized. And sure, he wasn't begging for shit. I came to discover that it was through the Tiptons where much of the fortitude and steely determination exhibited by many other people from my family collective flowed from. The two souls on that image were one of the origin points of why the knees of my people were often loath to bend and why the elders always told me that our folks, that our people ain't never hanging their heads to no man. But it was discovering that there were others that really shook my foundations. Calvin lost his sight he had this gift he could scan an old picture and the faces on it determining in short order who the people were and how they fit into the family he'd just he'd just go on a tangent yeah those are Aunt Coral's people my daddy's sister my Aunt Gladys Aunt Estelle and them when we were and he would always pause briefly before pivoting into family history. He'd look off in the distance and I would just wait for it. Now, early on in my genealogy research, I wrestled with the value of my efforts. Fed by this spirit of skepticism, which manifested itself in a series of souls but there were always a handful of people that were more virulent than the rest. I would be told in waves of passive aggressiveness that shielded their true intent. But one day the truth, the truth revealed itself. And someone told me that you are the only person that cares about this family shit. You won't ever find anyone that cares about this as much as you. Give this shit a rest. Now those obstacles in our path often smile in our face. And I thought to myself after I heard that, and I said, damn, they are right. This is some bullshit. Those doubts would often creep up like that. And eventually I began to pivot towards closing up my genealogy 
effort to focus on more substantial things. And then, like whenever I said I wasn't going to do something on the behalf of my ancestors, the, the universe said, nah, partner, we're we not dead. We're not done yet. And it would often, it would so often happen that coincidence couldn't pass the muster. I, I couldn't assign it to the realm of coincidence. And my orbit began to intersect with a handful of family members whose acquaintance that I had never made up to that point, who, like me, were led down this path of discovery guided by a sense of purpose to our ancestors that they were unable to shake. When our paths crossed, despite us being in different stages of our research, our blind spots were soon exposed to the light and we rejoiced at being in the presence of another soul who shared the passion of the ancestors of the ancients as I frequently call them. We were finally understood, justified even. For example, I met my cousin Bobette, one of the first souls that I encountered. And in her, I bore witness to all of the tenacity, the power, the selflessness, the family that I saw in my elders and my big mama, my Aunt Helen and my Aunt Lillian. All of this was present in her and so many of the other family members, the whisperers as I call them. And I found myself marveling as these were the people, my people, who I was told that I would never find. My elders taught me, especially my big mama and my uncle Calvin, they taught me that there was no air in the box of conformity. When I spoke with them, they always spoke of oral histories of our family. And these oral histories, it was critical that they make their way on the pages. And even as I read them and their words echo, I still marvel at the power that their words brought forth because this is something that began to ripple throughout the family collective. The same fealty to family, those stories that served to define our people echoed loudly in all of us. And whenever my people gather, we all agree that the ancestors are busy and we all resolve in our and a myriad of different ways to resolve to keep the torch burning. But all that to say, I became that family member who knows who everybody is. You know, you know that person when the conversation turns to an obscure family member that lived down yonder way back when, who knew cousin so-and-so, but everybody draws a blank. Until they break the glass and they call the per the one person that they will probably know. That's that's me, guilty as charged. But that wasn't always the case. And I always allude to my uncle Calvin in instances such as this, because he was 
so insistent that this was something that I had to be that I had to do. He told me I had no say in it. And like I mentioned before, you know, I was told that this stuff really didn't matter, that that it was some fake ass Alex Haley shit. And, you know, it, it really didn't matter where we came from because we were already here. And I always return to this story of my Uncle Calvin because it was such a powerful message that he sent to me. And Unc, he was incensed, but he was clear-headed before replying. And when he applied, and when he replied, he it was a measured eruption. And he told me, fuck them then, nephew. Write that down and remember that I said it. You ain't doing this for the lost. Leave the lost where they are. You do this for our folks that need it. We have lost our way. And if we don't know who we are and where we came from, then we have failed. And he told me again, for good measure, fuck them. The concern in his voice was palpable and I took his words and I ran with it. They always taught me that loyalty to family is what allowed us to persevere through the generations. And I'm currently at 200 years and some change. And perhaps it was selfish of me to want to have this power of humility and grace that defined them at my beck and call. But it was necessary that I humble myself before I could even begin to be worthy of their essential goodness. I had to be broken before I could be made whole again. And I always allude to this. And it was in that process that something amazing happened. When I found my people, I found myself. And I began the process of that. And that's an ongoing process. And I often tell my family members, I love you because I am you. Because I know it to be true. Those shortcomings, contradictions, the fortitude, faith, and stubbornness in the face of certain defeat that has defined those that came before us. I see in the faces, words, and deeds of my family. History repeats itself, and especially within families, and I soon understood why the elders were so insistent about the importance of family. Because there is truly power in numbers that's a little genealogy tidbit so let's chew that over pepping me with some questions and I'll be circling back with part two the particulars of that you'll you'll just have to you'll just have to wait until next week but I appreciate you stopping by Go tell a friend and tell a friend to tell a friend and tell your cousin and your best friend to come by and uh, 
support Sean P. Wright's. Indie author, authors have to eat too. You'll always find me here at the water's edge as an incense burns. Be well.